Hey, thank you for joining us online today. My name is Steve Polk. I'm the executive pastor here at First Baptist Rock Hill, and it's an honor to have you join us uh, for these online sermons. Uh, pastor Steve Hogg is going to bring a really powerful message to you today. Go ahead and grab your Bible, a notepad, and a pen, and get ready to take some notes, write down some questions so that you can have some conversations maybe within your family later today. And let's pray together as he brings, prepares to bring this message. Lord, thank you for your word. The truth of scripture is so impactful and so meaningful for our lives that as he, Steve preaches, that we would take the content that he shares with us and the application that we can make and it would change our lives, that we would trans- be transformed, be more like Jesus today because we have heard your word and applied it and, and digested it into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, church family. Today, we're going to be talking about not quitting, not throwing in the towel when it comes to your relationship with Christ, not not just uh, being discouraged or or bitter or whatever may happen in life and, and, and you give up because there are probably some people in this room right now who are struggling with continuing forward in their walk with Jesus. And we want to talk about never giving up, never quitting, because we live in a day when quitting and giving up is pretty common. I mean, how many times in the last two years have you gone to a restaurant, there were empty tables, but you still had to wait 30 minutes to get a seat because they did not have enough people working or they had people scheduled and they simply didn't show up, didn't even call, they just didn't show up. That's the culture we live in today. Unfortunately, uh, athletes changing teams at the drop of a hat. Those of us who watched college football games on television yesterday, you probably saw some players. They were now playing for their third or fourth team. That's just the way things are anymore. And, and everybody in this room, I imagine, knows somebody who used to go to church, but they don't go to church anymore. They used to be really active, really faithful as a follower of Christ, but now... Uh, they never darken the door of God's house. They're not living for Jesus. They're not serving Jesus. And over the last couple of years, as we uh, came out of the pandemic, there have been a lot of headlines about pastors leaving the ministry. In fact, Barna and his organization and others have affirmed it that over the last two years, about two in five or about 40% of pastors have seriously considered leaving the ministry. Now, chew on that a minute. Things have been so tough, culturally, politically, everything else, that over the last two years, about four out of ten pastors have given serious thought to leaving local church ministry. Now, the good news, the good news is that less than 2% of pastors actually quit each year. So there are a lot of pastors out there who are tired, who are discouraged, who are frustrated, and, and they have thoughts about quitting, but less than 2% actually do. So what I want us to do today is learn some lessons from the prophet Jeremiah that I, that I think can encourage us to never throw in the towel, never quit on Jesus, never walk away from the church, never just to, to backslide, to, to keep going forward with Jesus. So I invite you to open your Bible to the first chapter of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let me see your copy of God's Word. Hold it up. Come on. Be proud of it. Hold it up. Bring God's Word with you to church. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We will get you a Bible. Bring God's Word with you. Jeremiah chapter 1. And 
four things, four lessons from Jeremiah's example, not, not so much what he preached, but who he was, how he lived, what he did. That can encourage us to keep going and be faithful as a disciple, to never, never quit. I'm going to spend a little more time on the first lesson. And, and the first lesson is this, Jeremiah served God even though he faced some very severe opposition. It wasn't easy for him. I mean, there were people who got in his face, people who tried to stop him. He was not always patted on the back and told, you're doing a good thing. He faced a lot of opposition, but he kept serving God. And in fact, in chapter 1, we looked at the first part of this chapter two weeks ago when God called Jeremiah to to be a, a priest. At the end of the chapter, God made it clear, Jeremiah... It's not going to be easy. So starting at verse 17, God said, Jeremiah, now gird up your loins and arise. In their culture, that meant tighten your belt and get ready to go to work. Get ready to fight the battle. You got a job to do. And, And speak to them all which I command you. Jeremiah, whatever I tell you to preach, preach it. Do not be dismayed before them. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Or I will dismay you before them. Jeremiah, if you don't obey me, if you quit, there's a price that you will pay. Verse 18. Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city and as a pillar of iron, as walls of bronze against the whole land. Jeremiah, I am strengthening you for the task. To the kings of Judah, to its princes, you're going, you're going to preach and stand true against the, uh, the government leaders to his priest. You're going to preach my word to the priest, the religious leaders, and to the people of the land, to the ordinary citizens of the nation of Judah. And verse 19, they, all of those groups, will fight against you. Now, how would you feel? How would you react if God called you to a ministry, God called you to a task, and from the very beginning said, it's going to be really hard. There will be people who do everything they can to stop you. You're not going to be the most popular person in the room. What would you do? Jeremiah just kept marching forward for Jesus, never backed up. And he said, but, but they will not overcome you. Now, God did not say, Jeremiah, they can't hurt you. They can't make life hard. But God did say, they will not overcome you, for I am with you. How do you keep going forward when life is hard? Stay connected to Jesus. How do you keep serving Jesus and be faithful to Jesus when people are not encouraging you? You stay connected to Jesus. The, 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 the solution is always Jesus. Just stay close to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus no matter what is going on in your life if you want to be faithful and keep moving forward. And Jeremiah faced a lot of opposition. I want you to look at just one example over in chapter 11 of Jeremiah. Chapter 11, near the end of the chapter, verse 21. God says, Jeremiah, therefore, thus says the Lord, concerning the men of Anathoth. Now, Anathoth was the little village where Jeremiah lived as a boy. It's where he grew up. And two weeks ago, we said it was a village dedicated to priests and their families. 
And, and Jeremiah was born into a priestly family. He was being trained to be a priest until God called him as a young man to be a prophet. And so the men from the hometown of Jeremiah in verse 21, he said, they are seeking your life. Saying, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord so that you will not die at our hands. In other words, the, the people in his hometown were telling him, you either quit or we're going to see that you permanently quit. You, you either stop preaching what God's telling you to or we'll see to it that you die. Now, how would you feel? How would you react if the people you went to grade school with, high school with? If, if, if the people who lived on the street where you lived as a boy, as a girl, the people from your hometown were doing everything they could to get you to give up on God, to throw in the towel, stop, obey. How would you respond? Jeremiah kept serving. Jeremiah kept preaching. Over in chapter 26, there's the story of God telling Jeremiah to go to the temple and preach and the message God gave him was if you will repent and change I will forgive you and bless you because you remember for generations they've been unfaithful to God they had worshipped idols and pagan religions remember that word again syncretism the blending of Judaism with all these other pagan religions in the Old Testament their religious life was described as adultery as being unfaithful to God It'd be like a husband or a wife saying, I want to stay married, but I also want to be with others. You wouldn't put up with it. God doesn't put up with it. There was also immorality, which was just rampant. The lack of economic justice, corrupt court systems, taking advantage of the vulnerable and the weak and the poor. All of those sins. And God said, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to destroy the nation if you don't turn, if you don't change, if you don't. But if you repent, if you repent, I will forgive you and I'll bless you. And when Jeremiah was preaching, there was, there was a big crowd there and they started shouting him down and they said, you need to die. Death to Jeremiah. Kill him. They bound him and they took him to government officials that asked those government officials to execute them. On this one occasion, reason prevailed and the government officials did not kill him. In chapter 20, Jeremiah is publicly beaten, put in stocks. You remember your American history back in the colonial days? Somebody might be put in stocks out in the public square. There were Baptist preachers in Boston who were beaten and put in stocks for preaching believers' baptism. And, and, and they put him in stocks there at one of the main gates or entrances into the temple area. And so everybody walking by could see his bruised and bleeding body in those stocks. In Jer- Jeremiah 26, they, they arrest Jeremiah and throw him into a, a cistern, a container for water. And this is actually a deep one that's dug down into ground with stones around it. And, and it was so deep, they had to lower him into it with a rope. It was, there was no water, but there was mud in the bottom of it. And unless someone helped him, he would die of starvation if he stayed there. Eventually, some people tied some cloths and ropes together and lifted him out and rescued him. 
Jeremiah was called a liar, unpatriotic, a traitor for preaching God's judgment upon his nation. One occasion he was forced into hiding so he wouldn't be killed. He was banished from the temple. It would be like someone saying, you are not permitted on the property of First Baptist Church. Jeremiah, don't set foot anywhere around this temple in Jerusalem. What, what, what do you do when someone makes fun of you believing the Bible? When someone belittles the Bible, what do you do? How do you react? What, 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 what do you do when someone says, you, you can't believe in God and science at the same time? What, what do you do when your friends or some group puts pressure on you to do what you know you shouldn't do and, and they laugh at you and, and, and they call you these names? You think you're you self-righteous thing. You think you're better, don't you? What do you do when that pressure comes? Now, there are people living in places all over this planet who face the same kind of things Jeremiah faced. You and I don't. We face the kind of things I just mentioned. What, what do you do when someone calls you a homophobe or a transgender phobe or any other phobe because you won't go along with what the culture says? What do you do? How do you deal with it? When somebody doesn't want to you know, eat dinner with you or hang out with you because they just think you're crazy for living like you do and believing like you do. What do you do? See, you know, Jesus suffered. New Testament teaches that sometimes when, when things are hard and people are opposing us and we suffer, in, in a very real way, we are identifying with the sufferings of Jesus. His disciple, Peter, in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 4, said this. He said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. The people Peter was writing to were experiencing opposition, persecution, which comes upon you for your testing. In other words, how you deal with this stuff is the test of who you are or are not. As though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, the second coming of Jesus, you may rejoice with exultation. You and I as believers will have moments in this life when we are excited and things go well and we celebrate, but we know the day is coming when we will celebrate forever. Eternal joy. What do you do? Why does it surprise us when the culture doesn't necessarily like what God's Word says? Why does it surprise you when the culture doesn't always pat you on the back and say, man, you're doing a great thing. You're doing a good thing by loving Jesus. You're doing a good thing by being holy. You're doing a good thing by believing God. Why does that surprise us? It's really always been that way. God said it would be that way. And if, if you and I are going to, to be faithful to Jesus and serve him, not throw in the towel, not quit, we must be ready to serve him when people don't encourage you to keep going. 
When people do everything they can to get you to give up, to compromise, to change, you must be willing to serve even in the face of opposition, whether that opposition is from the culture at large or from people you actually care about. That's the first lesson. If you're going to keep going and not quit, you've got to be willing to do it even when it's hard, when there's opposition. Second lesson from Jeremiah's life is that Jeremiah obeyed God without fear. He was never dismayed. He, he, he didn't fear. He obeyed God. But he obeyed God with tears because sometimes it hurt. Jeremiah chapter 8, if you'd look at that with me, near the end of the chapter, Jeremiah is, he's real transparent. He's having this intimate conversation with God. And in verse 18, he says, my sorrow is beyond healing. God, the grief that I'm feeling over all of this, it's not something I can just roll out of bed tomorrow and say, well, tomorrow's a new day. I'll feel better. This is deeply felt grief. In verse 21, for the brokenness of the daughter of my people, for all that's going on, all the tragedy that's happening in my country and to the people I care about. He says, I am broken. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. And then down in chapter 9, the very next chapter, verse 1. Verse 1, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night, that I might weep day and night. He cried. He obeyed God. He, he, he wasn't afraid, never threw in the towel, but he felt pain. He cried. And you and I, we weep when people we love keep making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision that's making a mess of their life. We weep over loved ones who are far from God and we worry about their eternal destiny. We worry about their future. We are concerned and brokenhearted over the condition of our nature, of our nation, and, and, and what will it be like for our grandkids when they grow up? We weep over that. We shed tears when we hear a doctor say cancer. We cry when we stand at the burial site of a parent or a child. Weep when a spouse says, I don't love you anymore. But we don't throw in the towel. We don't quit. Because we also know that this Jesus we serve, when we see him with his very hand, will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We don't ever quit, we don't ever throw in the towel even when life makes us cry. And if you're going to be faithful to the end, not give up. You must be willing 
to obey Jesus even when your life is hurting, when you are crying. You keep going. Third lesson. Jeremiah was faithful to God even when things did not get better, when things did not change, when things did not improve. In chapter 36, God tells Jeremiah to uh, dictate, to write out a lengthy sermon. It's kind of a summation of all of his messages. And at that moment, he was banished from the temple, so he dictates it to his assistant Baruch, who writes it down. And, 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 and in this, he talks about the sins of the nation and the judgment that's upon them. But if they will repent, God will forgive and restore them. And Baruch takes this, this written sermon from Jeremiah to the temple, and it's a, a fast season. So there's a crowd there, and he, he reads it out loud, and everybody listens. Everybody hears it. The crowd hears it. The religious leaders hear it. And then some of them take that written message to the palace, and they read it to government officials. One of the government officials takes the written message into the king, Jehoiakim, who was a, a wicked king, stubborn as all get out. And he begins reading Jeremiah's sermon to Jehoiakim, the king. And after a few paragraphs, Jehoiakim grabs it, cuts it into pieces, and throws it into the fire, burning in the fireplace. And nothing changed. Continued worshiping the idols and the pagan religions, continued mixing religions and syncretism, continued with all the injustice and the immorality and the unethical behavior. It just continued. Nothing changed. Nothing got better. And Jehoiakim and the nation paid for it because he rebelled against Babylon and, and in 597, the second deportation, not the final invasion, but the second one, Nebuchadnezzar brought his army and, and surrounded Jerusalem and in the middle of the siege, Jehoiakim died. And his son took over and surrendered. But thousands of Jewish citizens were taken into exile as slaves to Babylon, among them the prophet Ezekiel. And there's a new king, Zedekiah. About 10 years later, in chapter 38 is the story of Zedekiah, and he, he's, he's, he's a coward. He's king, but he's a coward. He's weak. He's evil. He's sinful. And, and he finally rebelled against Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I've had enough and brought his army back to Jerusalem and was laying waste to the city. It was during this time Jeremiah was arrested and thrown into that cistern. After he was rescued from it, he was still placed in a dungeon there in the palace. And while the Babylonian army was attacking, Zedekiah wanted a personal conversation a one-on-one -on -one talk with the prophet Jeremiah and so he had him brought to his to his to his chamber and Zedekiah said Jeremiah tell me everything tell me everything God says don't hold anything back good or bad tell me everything 
And Jeremiah made it clear that the Babylonians were there as the instrument of God to judge the nation for all their sins. And then Jeremiah gave hope and he said, Zedekiah, if you will surrender, because this is God's doing, if you fight it, you're on the wrong side. If you will surrender to the Babylonians, you and your family will live, the city will not be destroyed, and the temple will not be destroyed. But if you don't listen to God and you refuse to surrender, then your family will die and Jerusalem and the temple will be burned to the ground. And Jeremiah literally begged Zedekiah to listen to the word of God. He said, please, please obey the Lord in what I am saying. But Zedekiah was more afraid of the war hawks in his government than he was of God or the Babylonians. And he refused to surrender. Nothing changed. And the walls fell and the Babylonians burned the city to the ground and burned the temple to the ground. And King Zedekiah stood with his hands in chains behind his back and watched as the Babylonians executed every member of his family one by one. Then they gouged out his eyes so that the last thing Zedekiah ever saw was his family being killed. And then in change, they marched him to Babylon where he spent the rest of his life as a prisoner and a slave in a dungeon until the day he died. And through all of it, Jeremiah killed preaching. When Jeremiah was a little boy growing up in that village of Anathoth, preparing to one day be a priest until God changed the course of his life. He could look across the valley and see the city of Jerusalem and the shiny temple. And he saw as a little boy when the evil king Manasseh placed a, an idol to a pagan god in front of the front door of the temple. King after king after king would not listen to God or his prophets. And Jeremiah preached to them. He pleaded with them. He warned them. He gave them hope. They wouldn't listen. Nothing, nothing ever changed. Zedekiah was the last Jewish king to ever sit on the throne of David and Israel until Jesus the Messiah. And Jeremiah preached to them to the very end. I mean, to the last day. Never quit. Never gave up. And if you and I are not going to throw in the towel, we're going to be faithful to Jesus to the very end, we must be ready to be faithful even when things don't get better. When things don't improve, when things don't change, because our faith is in Jesus, not our circumstances. Our faith is in Jesus, not this nation.
Our faith is in Jesus, not in any leader. Our faith is in Jesus and not how good or poorly things are going in our own life. Our faith is in him if we're going to keep going. One last lesson. Jeremiah really did love the nation of Judah and his people, even though they didn't love him. Sometimes it can seem like Jeremiah's message was so negative and so hard, and in many ways it was. In fact, we'll look at this next week. There were a couple of times Jeremiah even said, God, man, this is, this is, this is hard stuff I'm having to preach all the time. But he always gave them hope that if they would just listen, if they would just change, if they would just repent, it could be okay, but if they kept being obstinate, they were digging their own grave. And he loved them enough to never, never stop warning them and never stop giving them hope. Even though they didn't love him, they opposed him. In Jeremiah 39 and 40, we have the story of the Babylonians finally conquering Judah and destroying Jerusalem and the temple and Zedekiah's family's executed and he's blinded and taken off. And When all that was happening, Jeremiah was still in the dungeon in Jerusalem in the palace. It was the Babylonians who, who rescued him. And when they rescued him, the, the captain of the Babylonian army said, Jeremiah, you are free to go wherever you want to go to do whatever you want to do. Jeremiah, if you want to, you can come with us to Babylon and we will take care of you. We will provide for you. And your life will be easier than it's ever been. But Jeremiah, we're setting you free if you want to stay here in Jerusalem. I mean, everything's destroyed. There's no infrastructure. It's all ruins. Just a bunch of peasants, poor survivors of the, of, of the war and the massacre and the deportation. There's not much here. But, but, but Jeremiah, you're, you're free. We bless you to do whatever you want to do. You can come with us and we'll take care of you. Or you can stay here, whatever you want to do. What would you have done? Because if he stayed in Jerusalem, life was going to be really hard. Jeremiah stayed in Jerusalem. He loved that place. He loved that city. He loved that country. He loved his people. He loved them enough to not leave, to not give up on them. He loved them enough to tell them the truth, to offer them hope, but also offer them a warning. He loved them enough to not back up and not compromise and not just say what they wanted to hear when he knew that what they wanted to hear would end up in death anyway. He loved them enough to keep being a man of God and never stopped being a man of God. 
And if you and I are going to uh, never quit, never give up, be faithful to Jesus to the end, uh, part of it means that, that we're going to have to be willing to let God, let God teach us how to love people that's really hard for us to love. People who think you're crazy to believe what you believe. People who call you names because you won't compromise the truth of the Word of God and and just go along with what they think about ethics. It may be the culture, it may be some person, it may be a group of people, but, but if we're going to be faithful and not become bitter... And not become angry and, 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 and then corrupted in our soul. We have to let God teach us how to love the people who think we're crazy. So I want us to stand. Everyone standing. In just a minute, we're going to sing. And you're invited to come to the altar. But all of us, listen to me. All of us have people or maybe have a person or have a group that it's hard for us to love them. And I want you to get a name in your mind right now. Maybe it's an individual. Maybe it's a group of people in our culture. And if you're honest with yourself, it's really hard for you to love them. I want you to bow your head right now and I want you to pray in your own heart for that person or that group. Pray for them right now. Pray for them right now. The towel. You're here, but man, you're discouraged. You're bitter, whatever it is. You're, you're tempted to give up on church, to give up on God. You're, you're. Do you know there are, there's probably someone near you? You don't know who they are, but God does. And they're near you and they're discouraged and they're thinking about quitting. You don't know who they are, but God does. Would you pray for that person right now that they don't quit, that God strengthens them? Pray for that person right now. Now pray for yourself. And when Hunter leads us in singing, pastors are going to be here at the front, and I'm asking you to come and kneel on this kneeling bench at the altar and make a pledge to God that you will never quit, that you will never throw in the towel, that no matter what happens in your life, you will keep walking with Jesus if you would like for someone to pray with you grab somebody standing near you and ask them to pray with you whether it's there where you stand or say will you go to the altar with me and will you pray for me as we kneel or come to a pastor and say I want somebody to pray with me and we'll have somebody pray with you to come to a pastor and say you know I need to be baptized I need to begin my relationship with Jesus, begin walking with him because I'm not saved, I'm not a believer, not a Christian, but today I'm becoming one. So I want to commit my life to Jesus and and be saved. Come to a pastor and tell them that and they'll lead you in a prayer of commitment to Christ.